0: got a few good uh, penis riffs. All right, uh, any
1: Bold City Longsword
0: presents Swords in Stereo.
2: Welcome to Swords and Stereo.
0: Oh hi, I'm Lucas de Blasi. Welcome to Swords and Stereo.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> keep going.
3: Fuck.
1: No, there's no there's no stopping. You
3: gotta, you and I'm going. Keith
1: Hint. And I'm Johan Lopez.
2: Uh, Johan is going to start up our Sword and Buckler program here at Bolsey Longsword in the very near future. And. He was hanging around the club, and I was like, why not just bring him on, you know? Like, just come on up here. Just, like, put the microphone on your lips, buddy. Hello. Uh, today's topic is feeling and purpose. Yeah. It's the top of our pyramid.
0: It's the top of our pyramid.
2: But before we get started, uh, I just want to throw out, we, we have t-shirts on Public. We actually took our Big Trouble in Little China t-shirt. Or, no, wait. Big Trouble in Little Germany t-shirt. And uh, we put the swords and stereo logo on it, so if you don't want to just be cool like Jack Burton, but and support the podcast in a totally different way with our logo, so people could be like, "Hey, what's that?" And you'd like, "It's the coolest fucking podcast that talks about dicks on the internet." Then you, and
0: swords. And, a, oh, and swords. That's we're, a white bar. We I mean, gotta add the swords yeah, in there. Yes, dicks and swords podcast. This is it. Many more podcasts talk about dicks. Yeah. Very sure. few talk about swords.
2: That's true. But not I still think we're better. I'm just throwing that out there. Any more off topic <laughs> stuff before we start the topic?
0: We've been working on our YouTube channel. We've got a video up. Uh, we have two videos
3: up right now. There's two Although videos. Although one of them isn't worth much. But there'll be more up. What by does the time... that mean? Well it was it was my sword or so you think he can sword entry, so it's yeah twenty seconds of me waving a sword about. That was worth something. It's, it's a nice form fucking beautiful well, like, I, I kind of thought so but apparently the voters didn't well then
2: it was a popularity contest and let's face it Keith you're kind of grumpy yeah
3: <laughs> well sure but I just mean like it's not real like co- produced content you know it's just kind of it's 20 seconds of me playing we could we of. could take the same
2: video and just talk over it and be like this is look at Keith's beautiful footwork now watch this I lunge. Could, yeah. you could go
3: back through on like the all the logic of why I made the form what I did boom that yeah. could be cool no, no one wants that.
0: Call shenanigans on the voters. It was rigged, and I'll
3: yeah, I mean elaborately
0: it... describe why. Because <laughs> people love that.
3: <laughs> it was definitely not rigged, but it was weighted. Oh, <laughs> And I, I, I don't mean that as anything negative against the organizers or anything. It's just literally that's how those things go.
0: So today we're talking about feeling and purpose. That's the top of our pyramid.
2: Yeah, so let's go maybe should recap what's... the pyramid so people got a better picture in their mental brain space. So the bottom of the pyramid, the foundation of the pyramid is body. Body, which is structure and mechanics of how you move.
3: The what and how.
2: The ne- the, the two columns that hold up the second part of the pyramid is time and space. When and where. So now you're moving your body
3: through, through space, space
2: and, and time. time. So now we're at the top of the pyramid. The
0: capstone that yeah. uh, directly informs the decisions you make as you move your body through space and time.
2: This is the part that floats and that has the big eyeball on it that never blinks, that always knows what you're doing.
0: Yeah. It's a symbol of
2: awareness. Exactly. Purpose, Lucas.
0: And feeling. Yeah. So uh, let's, let's talk about feeling in, in the, the German arts, Fühlen, uh, they describe it as feeling through your sword and your structure, the pressure that the opponent is placing on your blade, and that informs your decisions in very specific ways.
2: Do you do you actually have to have contact with their blade to interrogate feeling in oh, any
0: way? Uh, I've heard good arguments that you don't, but that gets... Uh, oh. It gets ambiguous. You can approach, like, like you you talk about that in rapier, Keith. You you can approach pre-gained out of the out of uh, contact.
3: Yeah, so that that kind of leads back into like form and mechanics and stuff. Because like, if, if you're talking about feeling, you, know, you can't do that through empty space. I don't think so. Like, you could probably make a case. That the broad term of fooling can be done without context. But I think to start off with, you just got to go with it as like literal feeling and then build right. on that. And you, so, like, just start the, the the conversation with the assumption that you have to be in contact.
1: Right. You can determine your opponent's line without contact, but you can't determine the amount of pressure that they'll yeah. apply to you. They could be
3: noodly AF.
2: Mm-hmm. AF means as fuck.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> I'd be children listening. So. Um, grow up
2: fast. This is Hema.
0: If you if you look at the feeling in the context of the pyramid, you can look at feeling versus body. So structure and mechanics, feeling, using the the relative structure of yourself versus your opponent to determine the correct action. And our our demonic uh, for feeling if they are hard in the bind you will go behind their sword if they are soft in the bind you will go over their sword so you if they're hard in the bind you go behind their sword it means you go you go soft you yield to it but stay in contact and you go behind their sword whether it's winding behind for a thrust or doing a, du- a dupleiran cutting behind their blade and then similarly on the other side uh, you could just bowl over them maintain hard rigid structure over their sword thrust them or I don't know if I cut them. I guess. What
2: if they're not just hard? What if they're like super hard, Lucas?
0: That's a third category that we use. If they're if they push you outside of the suppressing lines on either side of their body, that's a, a term Meyer uses. You. Oh, you were making a diff joke. <laughs>
2: no, keep going. This is good. <laughs> uh, that's all you're trying not
0: to crack up. This is a this is an actual thing that we we, we try to espouse here. If they, if they push your tip behind or past the suppressing line on either side, your your tip is more more than likely not going to be productive there. So you should go around their sword, and that's when uh, changing through uh, and pulling and whatnot that that comes into play because you need to get around their sword. Your tip's no longer productive. Make it productive. They've given you a lot of space on the other side. Hopefully they shot it far away, and it's even easier.
3: They've wasted all that energy, so you make the shorter action and murder them.
2: Okay. So Yeah. So, talking about feeling, but not in the mind, sometimes you can read that through body language, but that, that also brings up deceiving. So, say, say someone's swinging at me, and I see they're swinging very hard, very fast, and they think I'm going to block it, but then I don't block it. I step around. Now I've used their strong force by meeting them with weak force, and I've came around.
0: Yeah, why not? Yeah, that so makes, that makes sense.
2: That's how I think. It, that's how I thought of it in my head.
0: Well, but only if they're attacking your blade. Yeah, because if they're swinging that hard at your head, you yes, don't, you don't want to remove yourself from that position and, and go or try to go around it.
2: So I guess that would be that would bring up the that fallacy where. When I started HEMA, people always told me, don't attack their sword, attack them. But then, you know, later I realized that was bullshit, and suppressing strikes are a big part of the art. So- but you
0: but you could argue that it's not without threat, the suppressing cut. If you're cutting down the suppressing line, it's through their shoulder, right? Yes. So, you're either going to end up with your point in position, or you're going to cleave right into them.
3: And you know, it, it you definitely don't want to waste time specifically attacking the sword, but a lot of people still do it because of faint techniques or whatever they think they're trying to pull off. What, tricks. Oh yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um,
0: there, there are there are examples where that that's maybe appropriate, like uh, wrenching, or uh, yeah, but that's
3: after you've entered the bind. Well, well that's true. There, there's yeah. like a thousand ways to get to a wrench.
0: Yeah. Oh, the,
2: the, the, the the that <laughs> example <laughs> I brought up. Oh. I was kind of what I was try- trying to say was that sometimes meeting someone with weak force means you don't even have to touch them because that's the weakest force possible. Is yeah, them meeting Ooh. nothing.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, best way no be hit. Yeah, no be there. <laughs> uh, that's some that's some edgy
2: caveman slang. <laughs> what is?
3: So yeah, um, but you'll still find a lot of people trying to enter the bind by doing something to your sword because they're out of measure to reach your body yeah um and so they're trying to set something up with their provoke or whatever and they think this is totally gonna work for me but then you're you're ready for it or whatever you decided like oh they're just going for my sword i can basically ignore that
2: lucas keith just said provoke what does that mean
0: well, that falls into the other part of the, the top of the pyramid. It's it's a, a, a component of purpose. And in, in, in Meyer's uh, work, he describes uh, provoke, take, or hit. Those are the three purposes that any of your actions, any of your, your strikes should have.
2: Sounds like uh, like an agenda when you walk into a drunk honky-tonk.
0: Yeah, you provoke the guy, you take his woman. Or his man, whatever. So, th- this is... Uh, intricately time, uh, tied in with time and space and feeling. So, if you move through your body through space and you move into the onset, what then? You, you have to cross the distance again to be able to strike the guy, so now you have to determine what time you're in. If you step forward, and then they step forward, well, they're, they're preparing to do something. You you step within range of them being able to attack, and they move first, It changes the game. But if they stay at, a step away then you have another opportunity to step forward so who steps forward first as soon as somebody crosses into the onset who steps forward first is, is really like the vor so if you get to take the vor and you throw a strike they're most likely going to move to defend it so you have to provoke them out of their advantage like Meyer describes but if you step into the onset and then they get the jump on you. You're in the knock. And your primary concern should be to take their blade away. That you should take the strike away. You should you should intercept it with somehow. Uh, lots of ways to do that. But uh, not respecting time and relating it to purpose is what I think we've come to the conclusion that that leads to doubling. Everybody looks like assholes. If nobody heeds time and nobody has intention with what they're doing. Other than hit, they ignore provoke and take. Um, then at least a doubling. If, ever, if everybody takes the vor all the time, you you get mangled. I think we talked about that in a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Well, I think what you
2: just described there is like what what I think of as gunslinging. Yeah. Like when you get these two, these two people and they they sl- they tiptoe toward each other.
0: They sit in the onset and, and sword waggle each other like asps.
2: Yeah, and the, and asp the, holes. And the, <laughs> And they're they're just seeing who can, wh- whip the blade out fat the fastest. Yeah, you know it, 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 that's a lot of the people complaining about hand sniping in the culture too. They're not earning their hit. You need to earn your hit with provoke or take, and not just throw something out there as quickly as possible and hope they don't do do it back to you at the same time.
0: Right, and guess what happens? You double. <laughs> Like assholes, <laughs> you're both. If if this were a real fight, you'd both be dead or maimed. Like, yeah, I won that sword fight, and I'll never fight again. So respect the opponent's purpose. Don't go straight for the hit. I don't know. Re- respect the sword and respect time. Right?
3: You could go straight for the hit if all other things are correct, and you know, like isn't yeah. he's, he's not actively threatening you. He doesn't seem to be looking to move anytime soon, hit him. Yeah, uh, why not? Then you got to worry about the take, because now he's mad and might try to hit you. So oh, it doesn't always you have to, to go... a
0: real fight? Or, or a look, tournament. After balls are a thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, protect the back of your head.
3: And you might get extra points for that control. You never know. Yeah,
0: it's well, wonderful. So we, we've talked about uh, body, space and time. We've talked about purpose and feeling. If, if you take those five components and you mix them together uh, you you can then start building drills around that so if you just isolate body you're standing in front of a pel and you're working on your structure and your mechanics if you add space now you're going to approach the pel well
3: if you're adding a pell, you've already
0: added space but if, but if you're not changing your relative distance to the pel then is is space really a concern
3: yes because short cuts won't land but long
0: cuts will all right or whatever well, <laughs> the we'll devil's advocate. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let the listeners devil's advocate. The, you know, this is just our shit. We're, we're people from the internet, from fucking Jacksonville, Florida. Like, this is this is our interpretation. It's how we've distilled it. So, body, body through space. Then you can do body, space, and time by imagining uh, that you're in the vor or in the knock. Then you you add a partner in. Now you want to work on uh, feeling and provocation. You mix all these elements together to build your drills. The the baseline one drill is your opponents before you. You're both out of the fight. You cross into the onset with a full cut. You cross into the middle with a half cut. Which uh, Meyer describes uh, I think in the rapier section. And uh, Ted Elsner has a lot of good videos about the rules that are espoused there. Uh, So you cut into the middle with a half cut because you don't want to leave your sword unpresent if you're within striking distance of somebody then you then you complete the exchange and you withdraw completely out to the uh, outside the fight you you go back through the middle to the onset and outside the fight right so that's the core drill then you substitute your techniques when would you throw a thwart cut in, in the middle to hit the person well when his hands are high okay well then if you step into the onset you need to be prepared to throw a thwart cut into the middle. This is this is how you build your drills. It's like the old money cook uh, simplest dungeon poem, uh, Orc and Pie. Yeah. Yeah. There's an orc, and he has a pie, and the, the players are hungry. Well, now from that base, you can uh, extrapolate uh, and build upon to make any dungeon in D&D. There's, there's a dingus, and there's a, a guy protecting it, and there's some people that want it.
2: Going into what you just said, I think a big part that we've recently changed at the club is a lot of our drills, we started in the onset, and now we're making ourselves enter the onset with purpose. We're not just stepping into range as part of our drills anymore. So
0: this kind of talks to what you were saying, like feeling without blade contact. If you step into the onset with intention, you're taking into account what the other person's position is. You could argue that that's like an element of feeling, feeling.
2: Yeah, you want you want to look at what guard they're currently in, and if they're if they're cutting through their guards, that's awesome because now you have to start calculating. That'll make you a better fighter. Right. So you have you have to be prepared for the most likely cut they're going to throw from that position. Yeah. And so you so when you actually if you're drilling that way when you get to a tournament, you're not just gonna put a sturdy plow on and and just start walking forward and then try to figure shit out. You're going to be figuring shit out way before then.
0: This goes back to one of our other episodes, like shit we did wrong. What we didn't account for was that, that stepping into the onset. And that led to a lot of new people being confused when they sparred for the first time, because now there's somebody across the, the, the the club from them. And how do, how the fuck do I get to them? And what decisions should I be making? Murder eventually after you get <laughs> through the onset and then into the middle and then and then the murder may happen well a part of i mean like you
2: fight like you train so if that if that stepping into the onset is never part of your training it's going to feel foreign and alien when you encounter it for the first time yeah so do that
0: yeah uh Joh- johan and i were fortunate enough to go to the a rapier and saber pedagogy retreat and one of the instructors there uh, said something to the effect of your, your training should gradually approach the realness of a fight so if you're doing all of your training on a pell but you're not taking into account space time purpose feeling then, then you are very far removed from the actual conditions that you'll be applying these things in. Although
1: I think it's worth noting that even if you are just solo drilling against a pell, um, you have a destination, so you have a point in space and time that you can play around with, and that's been this has been the format that I've been following for a lot of my solo drilling uh, throughout quarantine. Uh, like even yesterday when uh, I was doing the Meyer plays, Meyer's first uh, Vomtog device against the the heavy bag, uh, I was actually utilizing the swing. To to uh, have a an artifact like a, a semblance of timing and distance, like when it swung swung towards me, is when I would try to trigger yeah. the drill. Yeah, so you're and you can you can build artifacts into you're playing your practice you're like playing that. with space.
2: Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't. I mean, like hitting the pill's great, but you really need to visualize the situation of why you're hitting the pill. Right.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: That way you're 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 working on your purpose. Yeah. I mean, that's the that, the planning the planning and figuring shit out part of fighting you can work on that on your own yeah a part of our drills at the club is usually we'll 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 do a certain set of drills at the beginning of class and the last drill for the day will be a decision making drill that way we're training people to set stuff up but then they have to make a choice at the end you know they have th- to
0: apply the the two or three disparate concepts that we that we taught during the class. Just here, to... here it is, strong in the bind. Here it is, soft in the bind. Here it is when they don't bind at all. Mm-hmm. And then here are all three options randomly pull them off.
2: Yeah, that way their decision making skills isn't hampered. Like they, they, they can do it faster because they've encountered it over and over and over again.
3: You said the F word. The F word. Why do you
2: yeah, I'm people. talking about thinking though. Yeah. You no, no, to think. no,
3: it's still a bad word. Okay. Think uh, think
2: slow.
0: Yeah. Well I don't know about that. Die slow, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Slowly with paper cuts. <laughs> 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 this is really the the I guess the the outcome of the pyramid. If you're if you're starting new, you want to focus on body. You want to make sure your structure and your mechanics are sound. There's tons of resources out there. Somebody name one. But Blood and Iron has some really great videos on uh, structure and mechanics specifically. What, what other resources can people look at for just body? Uh, Academy Duello?
3: Certainly. I, uh, I, I the Cutting homework.
0: Book. Oh my god, the Cutting with the Medieval Longsword. Yeah. That is a game changer, yes.
3: I mean, it's probably not for like, a, I just started HEMA, let me learn something. You know, I, why, but, why not? Well, I mean... I haven't read it, so I can't I, say. I, I have. Yeah. yeah, and I'm going by your recommendation. All right, it's it's on the list of things <laughs> that people should read. Um, so you, you have uh, your structure and your mechanics. So a new person
0: should probably start out there. Then you have space and time, right? Uh, time in German longsword is really, uh, really ambiguous because there's a lot of a lot of different interpretations, but they all really ultimately are the same. Um, Space—it's pretty self-explanatory. If you read the Meyer book, he's pretty explicit about it. Then you move on to uh, feeling and purpose. Feeling y- and purpose, yeah, yes. <laughs> so feeling, feeling and purpose. There's like there, there's a, a less less material, like third uh, party material. Yeah, feeling I mean, and purpose. What, what what's out there? Well, Unfortunately,
3: there's there's not a lot of information available at all about like actual decision making Uh, I mean some stuff covers it in like plays or drills or whatever like oh you do this drill but what if they change this part of it then you do this that's your decision
0: well doesn't Combat Kurt have
3: a bunch of videos on this I'm
0: not sure if he put videos out but he he definitely has some really great interpretations of uh, feeling
3: so who is Combat Kurt
0: that's a good question
3: Uh, I think he's from Pensacola no no no
2: (laughs) That joke's never going to get old.
3: <laughs> We're going to keep doing um, that.
0: It, it's uh, Kurt Holtfreder out of uh, Raleigh, the Triumph of Sword Guild. Yeah. He's uh, hopefully, once uh, the world opens fully again, uh, hopefully he'll be running some workshops on his feeling concepts because they're fucking incredible.
1: His is particularly useful because uh, it's entirely based around where you're feeling the pressure, you know, biomechanically. So
0: it, right, it's yeah. a very visceral response. You kind of it, it, It's not ambiguous at all. Yeah. It's, it's very fucking nice.
2: And I think that's why there's not a lot of sources on feeling because it's hard to explain and it can sound very wooey. If you explain it wrong, you know, like people are like, you know, you're like, what's this fucker talking about? You know, and you can, you can have the idea so perfect in your head, but the moment you try to explain it to someone, especially a new person that's not familiar with the Emma scene, they'll be like, oh, this is like some,
0: that's why you start them with body.
3: Even when they're not (laughs) new, like I've had fencers, you know, like they've been doing it for years, like in rapier where they'll have a spacer over their ricasso or they'll wrap it in leather or something. Because Oh, it's more comfortable to hold this way. I'm like, yeah, but you can't feel anything. You've got this, like, dead contact now. And they're like, what are you talking about? You, never, you don't feel anything through the sword. And I'm like, oh, wow. oh perhaps yeah. that's why I murder you on the regular. <laughs> like, well, I don't, maybe. I don't know. But, like, even experienced fencers, like, you start talking about, oh, yeah, you feel the intent through the sword and you can make decisions based on that. And they're like, oh, f- this isn't Tai Chi.
0: So so here, here's a here's a question. So f- uh, feeling and body, your structure, how does that affect your feeling in, in the bind? If you have terrible structure, your elbows are bent, your wrists are fucking uh, off, off cattywampus, uh, you're standing well, the, up
3: straight and it's... Just then like, all you feel is a sword to the head, I would imagine. Oh, uh, okay. So you die. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. The,
2: the, then... They 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 don't have a strong mode. They only have a weak mode and a too strong mode. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and too strong too strong mode is is the best way to get killed. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: the, well, it, it's it's the best way to get picked off in a sparring match, and it's also the best way to fucking cripple
3: somebody
2: or blow yeah. your own knee out.
3: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Uh Keith patented can of worms for the episode. Um You're what? He's pulling his worm out. Shut up. Yeah. Alright, come on. Damn <laughs> uh, I didn't know it was that kind of hard. Slight you're... slight rant that leads off topic but loops back around. Here we go. We <laughs> We talk about strong and weak in the bind. And it like there's an understanding that comes with that from like experienced fencers. Uh, but when you start saying it in class, I've watched people think, oh, strong and weak. It means push or don't push and it absolutely does not because like i can be strong in the bind with no pressure by having my strong on your weak and i can be super weak in the bind by having my weak on your strong and pushing with all of my strength right and so like it's it goes back to the body and mechanics
1: yeah Um, so you mean physics and mechanical advantage or something that we're all beholden to and
3: yeah yeah (laughs) maybe it's important to know that doesn't matter how you know, strong or F-word you are. <laughs> strong on weak still spells bad.
2: Yeah. Are you saying the overbind is the superior position whether I'm pushing or not?
3: Yes. There you go.
0: Always yes. So this this mixes together feeling uh, and space. The relative position of your sword on the other person's sword.
3: And then good enough mechanics to keep it there.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah.
3: Whole triangle, all in one little example. It's a pyramid. <laughs> pyramids are three-dimensional triangles.
0: Oh shit! Maybe this is just a triangle. Yeah. I'm pretty we've sure we've only like ever drawn it.
3: triangles, but that's we, cool. We we haven't like actually built one, so it's still a triangle.
0: All right. So next month we talk about building pyramids.
2: <laughs> First of all, we'll need mastodons. I'm pretty sure I saw that movie ten thousand BC and they had woolly mammoths in Egypt, so But what I'm pre- if I'm pretty much a scientist? <laughs> <laughs> Alien woolly mammoths? I'm on board.
3: <laughs> I would yeah. watch that movie.
2: How many dicks Probably. do they have? <laughs> just oh just one giant one with an eyeball at the end. <laughs> oh my god.
1: So would that mean that their dick has feeling and purpose? Uh, oh, okay.
2: Yes. They get the overbind. <laughs> the
0: overbind. <laughs> Mammoth Overbind, brother!
2: Oh, what if we could (laughs) tell Macho man, woolly mammoth aliens? (laughs) Yeah! Cup of coffee! Cup
0: of coffee in the morning! (laughs) Alright, I think think we've covered uh, all five versions of the pyramid and how to... Mix that together. I hope you can decode it out in
3: the internet. And we could like spend hours on any one part of it, particularly like the provoke, take hit. Like I can yell at people about that for a long time. But well, once you once you reach the top of the
0: pyramid, though, you're,
3: you're you're
0: if you're solid in your body and moving through space, and you respect time, then then you you should be able to focus solely on well, not solely. You should be able to focus. From the other direction. It's no longer focusing on just body and up. Now you can start focusing on feeling and purpose down because the rest of it should be subconscious. Yeah, so you're
2: solid in your body, is what you're saying.
0: I'm, I'm quite gelatinous.
2: Johan, Copperfield, let me know if he's lying. I mean,
0: yeah. I'm yeah.
2: You're feeling bone. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he is.
0: <laughs> oh, balls, balls, balls. <laughs>
1: This episode of Swords and Stereo was produced by Final
0: Plank Media Productions. Theme song for Swords and Stereo is Thunderer by Professor Ogma. Check him out, too. To find out more about Bold City Longsword, visit their website at
1: jacksonvillehema.com. To find more Final Plank Media produced podcasts, visit finalplank.com or visit us at Finalplank on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening.